0: Hey, it's Sanju.
1: And it's Sunjit. And this is All Over the Place. One, two, three,
0: let's go! Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. If you're new here, please be sure to check out our first season and our previous episodes. And we hope you like what we're doing and continue listening.
1: So for this week's episode, we wanted to switch it up a little and talk about how school and stress can affect mental health from a teacher's perspective. So today we have a very special guest to join in on the conversation, our computer science teacher, Mr. Ketterpaul.
2: Hello, Anjan. Hello, Sanjana. Thank you for having me
1: on. Okay. Um, why don't you give a little introduction about yourself?
2: Yes. So, um. My name is Ishan Katherpal. I'm a uh, computer science teacher at Poolsville High School. I went to Poolsville High School class of 2010. I was in the first graduating class of the science math and computer science magnet program. Um, after, uh, after high school, I did a bachelor's degree in computer science at Caltech. Um, After that, I worked as a software engineer at Oracle Corporation for about two and a half years. I moved back to Maryland around then and started working on my teaching degree. And, you know, as luck would have it, I got paired with a mentor teacher at Blair and I managed to get a job at Poolsville. And so the whole story has come full cycle. Pretty much throughout the time from college to today, I've developed sort of like an interest in public safety. So I also volunteer as an emergency medical technician working on my paramedic card right now. And, you know, it's a lot of extra work, but it's something fun to do on weekends and it's good to be able to help people.
1: Yeah, we remember the ambulance story on the freeway. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes, let's just say I'm a much better navigator now than I was in the past.
1: That's good to know. That's good to know.
0: All right, so I I guess we can just get straight into it. So um, one of the biggest questions that I never actually asked you is, why did you choose to become a teacher?
2: Well, that's a good question, and it's one that I've sort of been asking myself sometimes. And there are definitely days you look in the mirror and you're like, why did you choose to become a teacher? But I think it boils down to... um, you know well first things first, I absolutely love computer science. It's it's uh I, I hope it shows in my classes that I I love the subject matter. I think it's the most elegant uh connection of the real world and the mathematical world. And when I was in when I was in high school, I had this idea that you know I wanted to go down the research track. I wanted to be a professor, I wanted to be like tenure track faculty at a big research university and Caltech was like perfect for that. And then I think four years in Caltech, I burnt myself out pretty well. And so I decided to look at industry and, you know, I I know a lot more about industry now than I did at that time, but at that time, I sort of went for something, um, may not have been the best fit, but it was what it was. And what I sort of gathered was well, okay, one, I like computer science. And two, I'm now spending an increasing amount of my time, you know, taking blood pressures and putting band-aids on. So the working with people, which was originally something that wasn't a strong suit of mine, was something that was something that I was drawn towards. So why not look for a job where I can do both? And that sort of brought us full cycle. And I like, I like the, the technical aspect of the job. And I also like the human aspect of the job. So I like being able to do both.
1: Yeah, um, that's actually really interesting, because even in our previous episodes, we talked about how like going to a big college is kind of a big deal. in like the competitive environment we're in, and that we have to go into like a specific field. Because of our parents or um, whatever, like that, like because of our school courses and everything. But it's also really cool that even though you went through a big college, which is Caltech, which is a really good college, and um, you became a software engineer, you still found your way back to something that you genuinely enjoy, which is teaching and um, what you do on the weekends regarding um, EMTs.
0: Yeah, I think that's like, that's really empowering. Um, I actually, something that Sunju just mentioned, right? Uh, I kind of have like a double-edged question here. So um, in your view is like, so you, you have like a unique perspective, right? You you're you were recently, I mean, not recently, but like relatively recently a student and also a teacher. Like we, we were in similar places at some point in time. So I have yeah. a question in terms of uh, like, how would you say the competitive environment uh, looked when you were a student and now that you're a teacher, like Are you able to see that in your students or or your body of like students essentially?
2: Oh, so I'd say with my class in particular, it was, it was unique. We were the first ones, but um, so I'll I'll come back to why my class's dynamic was, I think, dramatically different than any other class's dynamic after me. But um, I think uh, even in my year, even in the years after, there's a certain amount of competitiveness. and I don't think it's overt, um, but I think it's sort of self-imposed. Like if if you see someone doing something, you feel, well, I'm not as good as if I didn't do this, that, or the other. Um, And you find yourself comparing yourselves to others. you know, a lot of, I remember there were a lot of varying emotions of varying types when college letters came out my senior year. Um, I think, and, and it's, it's hard to say because I only see what you do in the classroom. I'm not, you know, following you around between classes or such 24 seven, but I, I feel like the environment is on the one hand, not that different, but a little bit more, a little bit less picking on each other, a little bit more friendly. Um, but it's hard to say for certain. Now, as far as competitiveness with my particular graduating class, we had um, we had a unique charge because when we when we applied, we didn't know if the program was going to happen or not. We um, that was the last year that Blair accepted applicants from throughout the county. So at that point, so, um, there was a question mark. Blair had made its decisions of who it was taking and it was taking people from this area too. And there was a question mark about whether Poolsville was happening or not. And so those of us who got in and managed to make the program happen, felt that the the future of SMACS at Poolsville um, rested on whether or not we were successful. So we took it in the sense that we wanted our program to be just as good, if not better. Um, And so that's a very different kind of competitiveness, um, but a desire not only to make sure that rigorous courses are offered, but then to enroll ourselves in those I think that's a dynamic that is sort of taken for granted now, but was we didn't take for granted at that point, and we were very committed to making sure that this whole thing flew.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I think I think that makes sense in general. You know, you guys were in a pretty unique circumstance, but you know, like we spoke about in our earlier episodes, I would say like that competitive spirit is just something that kind of comes naturally with the fact that we're in a magnet program. Um, like you said, like the a magnet program is designed to have like, I guess, some amount of competition and in your case like that was like the very early stages of poolsville's magnet program so yeah I, I would definitely see where that's coming from
1: and would you say like that competitiveness was good or bad like did it motivate you more or was it something that was more upsetting
2: yes um uh i i think It's always a double-edged sword. And I can't really speak for anyone else. And I think that if you asked all whatever, 47, 48 of us that graduated, we'd probably all have a different experience of the thing. But um, with me, I always have the issue of I set very high standards for myself, which on the one hand motivates me, gets me to do things. And then when I fall short of the standards I've set for myself, I get very... uh, distressed um so i'd say you know there there's a healthy level there's there's a healthy level of competition too much or too little is not good where that level is i couldn't tell you
1: i mean yeah like i agree um we even talked about it like that competitiveness can, can be a good thing but at the same time it can be super stressful like you said you know, I feel like me and Unjin also set expectations for ourselves really high and we want to meet those expectations. And whenever we don't, that is really frustrating. And we kind of beat ourselves up over it, which isn't exactly the healthiest way. But um, again, competitiveness can be good, but it is bad if there's too much. So would you say like now, obviously, you don't see us like outside of school, but in school, do you think that there's more of a good side of competitiveness or more of the bad side?
2: Um, I see more overt collaboration. And I, of course that's kind of in my class, but I just in general see more of like working together. It's harder for me to discern um, for lack of a better term, the, the, there's less the the, the the perception I have is that the graduating class is a little bit more um, homogeneous in the sense that you don't have these little heterogeneous chunks of like the the shall we say the really good computer science people and then the really good physics people and they all kind of do their own thing. I think the every I think part of it is what we've tried to emphasize um, In making you do all those team projects. But I think the competitiveness is there, but I also see a lot more collaboration, effective collaboration. And that is what I think is the more reassuring sign. Um, I, I, I really couldn't, I know you all hold yourselves to high standards and that there's a certain amount of competitiveness. I couldn't stick a thermometer in and then figure out what that dynamic is, because I feel like that, that might be something that's happening outside my immediate program.
0: Well, that that's talking about student stress, right? So now, um, I want to approach the other angle of stress while teaching. So I think yeah. in your class, like once or twice, you've told us that sometimes teaching is very stressful, right? So how has your experience been in terms of like dealing with stress and mental health as a teacher?
2: Um, so the very first day of teaching school, I will never forget this lesson. I was told if, 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 you, if you remember nothing else, as a teacher, remember that you are a cone and you have things that drain you and you have things that recharge you. And if you are draining more things from this cone faster than you are recharging them, you'll eventually burn out. And I, have a habit, and I think we all, it's sort of like an inherited smacks habit, have a habit of we see water gushing up the bottom of this cone, so we think it's an endless supply, and then one fine day it runs dry. So, you know, there, there's always stressors. There's self-imposed ones, there's external ones, um, and I wouldn't say any of them eat, are by themselves much, But, um, you know, it sort of all adds up. And at some point, you have to be like, all right, just laugh at the absurdity of the situation and move on. Um, I definitely always feel like I could be doing a better job. I'm always second guessing about, I feel like I'm too lenient. I feel like I'm too strict with grading. I, you know, I should include more of that. Uh, Trying to do right for everyone. if I give a lesson that is like way up there, I will always notice the person who gives me the deer and headlights. And if I give a lesson that most people are, you know, jiving with, I will definitely take notice of the person who's looking at this. Like, I've done this before and I'm bored. And trying to sort of, for lack of a better term, entertain everyone while dealing with all the administrative aspects of it um, can be stressful. I think, um, you know, grading is not fun, but it's important. So no big deal there. Um, one of the things I would say is I've definitely noticed uh, positive and negative changes um, over time. And this is me speaking just for myself, not on behalf of anyone else, but like we we definitely have a more inclusive environment in school. Um, I think how shall I say this, they're trying to make sure that you you essentially, people are learning. And I think the challenge becomes with, with competitivity, grades become the end all be all. So how do I incentivize genuine learning, rigorous learning, without making it penalizing if you don't jump through this large hoop that I've given to you. And I think that's what all teachers, especially at this level, struggle with. Um, And then, of course, there's the usual. The computer's not working. The Promethean board isn't working. Um, You know, I have my own opinions on better ways to organize the classroom. Uh, I, I like them you know, rather than the traditional rows, I like to have you in groups doing work and not having computer screens in front of your faces preventing you from seeing each other. Um, but you know, that's all par for the course. Um, I think it just like any like any job, there are days where it gets to you and then there's days where it's just like it's absurd and then you just smile and you go about your day.
0: Yeah. Well, for what it's worth, I know I know it's not a lot coming from us, but I can honestly say over the course of like every single computer science teacher I've had, Mr. K, you do like an excellent job at explaining concepts and like engaging your students. I don't think I've ever had a computer science teacher that seemed as, as passionate about like the subject matter as you. And I've basically been in a magnet program with like some amount of computer science in it um, since like for the past like five or so years. And uh, no shade to Mr. ESEP or anything, our 10th grade computer science teacher. But like you are easily like the my favorite computer science teacher I've ever had.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that not only is your class fun, but I think that also like the concepts you teach, like the testing in general. I know you curve our tests like crazy, but honestly, like it's still a challenging test. And that's what I really like about you and Mr. Flowers, actually. Mr. Flowers did this a lot, too. He would always say that he didn't really care about um, grading and that he just wanted us to know the concepts really well. And so he would curve our test a lot so that we could get a good grade in the class but it didn't really matter because the tests were still like challenging and it still pushed us to do our homework and you know to actually pay attention in class and take notes and I noticed that a lot in your class especially like in the ninth grade class and um, This year's class, like I'm really, really enjoying discrete math right now, I think over AOA, but it's OK. I think like I, I like just like, AOA more. no, I just like the discrete math concepts more, I guess, because it kind of it kind of we kind of did a little bit in ninth grade. Right. Of discrete math. right? Uh, but like, like the basics. Yeah. And also in functions, we did it. But yeah, that's like something I really, really noticed. And I really appreciated it because I don't think any other teacher in Poolsville really focuses on that of like actually having their students make making sure their students like know the concepts and actually understand what's going on instead of just reading a textbook to know what's going on I think
0: I would say that's really critical and like fundamental for a subject matter like computer science um I've like I've been coding for like I would say like since fourth grade but one of the things that I realized really early on with coding is like if you don't have like logic inside like if you're not working logically you're not going to get it no matter how much like you work i guess you need to be able to think logically and i would say your approach really helps students build that logic which is like extremely fundamental towards like computer science concepts
1: Yeah, I agree. Like you push us to actually understand the concepts and understand the logic behind the concepts instead of just studying for a normal test. This is like a concept we can take throughout college and when we are actually applying for jobs and going through interviews and stuff like this isn't something that's just for a high school test.
0: So I guess, you know, kind of branching off of that, um, we talked about like the stresses of teaching, but what do you find most enjoyable about, um, you know, teaching?
2: By far, that moment where, and I, I, there's always a few students who, I think everyone comes to that aha moment, but there's, there's those, uh, you know, there's, there's, and I know that some of you like playing poker, so I'll use this analogy, there's those <laughs> students who are very poor poker players, my being one of them, in a class I'm taking right now. My teacher says he can see the gears turning and then when it clicks, he can see the light bulb going above my head. And I can see that in some students too. I know it's clicking for you all at different phases, but that real-time gratification of something I said just took all right, you know, the square peg and put it in a round hole, and somehow we managed to do that. And now that now the two concepts that seem distinct now make sense to you that feels like all right, I I I've I've done my job here because the content is out there, you know, especially today. Um, You know, when Khan Academy first came out, the question was, is there going to be a future for teachers? Um, And I think what it made us do is it made us realize that our job is not dumping content at you. It's, It's showing you how to connect the dots between all the information that's out there. And that's the difference between going to school and digesting Wikipedia for 16 hours a week. Um, So, absolutely the most rewarding part is seeing someone um, make sense of something that they weren't making sense of before, using something that you've taught them. I also like being challenged. Um, I have a couple students, you mentioned discrete math, but uh, I, I, I like staying Sharp and on top of things, and I, I definitely don't want to be the "I'm always right" teacher. So there are always students who bring me an alternate proof or show me where something's wrong, and I continue to get better because of you all. So I'd say those those two things are the things I enjoy the most about uh, teaching, and then of course having you know the 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 learning environment. Um, you know, in that hierarchy of needs, you need like a safe place to emotionally learn. So I also enjoy just, you know, the classroom environment. It's I feel very at home there. So those would be the three things I say I enjoy the most about teaching.
1: Yeah, I mean, also, I think that's a really good um, part for students, too, where they get that aha moment. They're like, oh, my God, everything makes sense now. And, like, whenever that happens, it's like, oh my God, like, I actually understand what's going on. Cause also, like, these courses aren't easy courses, you know, they're pretty hard. Even like taking notes and actually like digesting what's going on in the class, too, is pretty hard. So, like, when you get like that aha moment, I know me and, Anna actually in class, we were like working on the discrete math homework, and we were both like looking over our notes and we were like, Oh my god, this makes sense now. And it like made sense. The homework made sense, and we were doing it. And like the moment when you know it makes sense, you're like, Oh my god, like I'm actually smart. I got this now. And then you're just proud of yourself, I guess. So
0: yeah, I guess um, another question that uh that kind of leads into you were talking about a lot of this teaching stuff. So how how dramatic how dramatically would you say that all changed um when virtual le- virtual learning happened you know like what how how different was it was it worse was it better in some aspects
2: well and the blunt answer is in terms of my workload went down my job satisfaction also went down so um You know, when we were in virtual learning, I feel like given more time, I could have cooked something up, but um, um, I I felt like in virtual learning, I was back to that disseminator of content. We're having a couple meetings a week on Zoom. Some people are engaged, some people are not. Some people are taking really good advantage of office hours and I can have those one-on-one connections but not with, not across the board. And uh, with discrete math and virtual world, I would get assignments and grade them. And I'd be like, I have no face to assign to this name. Um, And so I think overall, like it, it, um, virtual learning was challenging in terms of, well, one, trying to figure out how to adapt. Um, And then I think You know, and then kind of coping with the, there's no way you're going to do exactly what you did before. And then I think we're seeing some of the reverberating effects. And, you know, not, I'm not going to go so far as to say like worse because we were in the middle of a pandemic. We did what we had to do. You know, people have, you know, people have grown up fine despite, you know, whatever XYZ historical event has happened in the grand scheme of things we're all behind a year developmentally. So we're all there together, so what? But it makes, it, it, it almost forces us to, to go back to, uh, you know, go back to the drawing board. We can't just go with, all right, I'm going to assume that you knew this by this time and we're going to do that. Um, so in that regard, it reduced the workload, it reduced the efficacy during pandemic, the workload to get the similar amount of efficacy as before is now a bit higher. Um, and that I would just say across the board. So uh, I certainly miss having the Wednesdays to get everything ready. I feel like overall, I was just more ready for the week. If I actually had a time that I was allowed to prepare things instead of always doing it on the fly. Um, but with the flip side of that is if I was only seeing every class twice a week, that was not much time with any given class so you know good and bad of everything uh, for the most part I'm glad that we're back
1: yeah um, actually in our previous episode um Anjan was actually we were like talking about the debate between virtual school and in-person school and Unjin was saying he likes virtual school more and I was saying I like in-person school more and another reason why I do like I miss in-person school is also like your class is one of the funnest class like i've ever been in even in ninth grade like i feel like we all have a really fun time like we're learning but at the same time you tell us like old high school stories that are really funny like your life was very interesting mr k it the still MIT is mischief yes right and also um <laughs> mr what the previous uh, research teacher didn't he have like a party for the seniors every year and you were telling us a story about that so yeah like i really really enjoy your class and the aspect of where it's fun but also really engaging to learn and I feel like we can't really get that in virtual school because when you're in person you're in that environment to learn you know you're not just in your room on your bed attending class or something like you're in school and you're around other people who are also learning with you so I always thought that was really encouraging the whole school environment that's why I prefer in-person school way more
0: yeah so um, I guess getting into it like past virtual learning i guess you know next year we're going to be seniors and well um you know you're pretty accomplished i would say in terms of like like your resume it's very like it's very out there i and i would say you know um what is your view on college overall you know um how much importance does it have um and you know how, how much like stress does it have i guess in terms of like the application process how would you say all of that was
2: Oh, so. Well, my general approach to college applications is, was, and I, I highly recommend coming up with a more nuanced strategy than mine, but me and my best friend could not, for the life of us, decide where we wanted to go. So we pretty much applied everywhere. And Mr. Eastep told us I was tasting glue from the envelopes for weeks after those whatever several dozen letters I wrote for you. Um, <laughs> I think with college, a few things, you know, and the, the add-on confusion to that was you pick up every college guide and it seems to contradict itself. And then there's all these ratings and you're wondering what the ratings come from. The... The best thing I can say is find someone like like you and like you is in air quotes to just get a feel for the good, the bad and, you know, and advice. I think the most honest statement I've ever heard anyone say was when I was visiting Caltech and a student said, no matter what we tell you, you won't get the full picture until you're here because we won't really be able to describe it. And that's true of any place. Um, now, I, I, think, you know, I think that college is extremely important for uh, especially the, the target audience that I'm teaching that's interested in STEM, uh, that's interested in computer science or other related areas, um, and then sort of deciding where to go from there. As a whole, you know, the school system has sort of struggled with this whole college thing because I, there was there was definitely an, like, if you go back a long, long, long time ago, high school was supposed to prepare you for a job. And then we kind of went down the, the, uh, the academic track and you got all these magnet programs and it was like college readiness. Um, and then we kind of doubled down on the, you know, everyone gets Algebra 1 early, we're going to get everyone on track to go to college and... You know we what we don't want to do is shoehorn people into something just for the sake of doing it and so i'm i'm a big fan of education as you can probably guess so um i you know i'm biased towards everyone learning as much as possible just for the sake of learning it but i also i also have uh friends you know maybe who may who may not be as uh stem inclined who have done better for themselves vocationally than they would have trying to go down the college route. So just as a whole, I think as a school system, we need to make sure we're serving the needs of everyone. As a program, I think college is very important. And then it sort of goes down to you can be successful at a lot of different routes. like I think the biggest place we send people is University of Maryland because it's our state school. We send a few people every year to the the big name schools and then there's always people who go to some specific school that they have some specific reason for going to and I think they all do fine with all those outcomes. So um I probably lost my train of thought there but there's that.
1: Um yeah I think like, n- I didn't really think college was, I mean, unjun, you hate college, like the concept of college. Well,
0: I mean, okay, that's that's just like a really bad summary of it. <laughs> I, I would just say like, like you said, right, Um, I would say college is like a part, at least like um, for us, we've talked about this in previous episodes, college is a really big part of I guess like Indian American culture as in like, parents really like push you like your primary goal through all of school, at least like school before college is you know get into a big college College. you know yeah that's just that's just like the big thing and um you know obviously a part of me believes that because that's what I was told since a very young age but um you know I I would also say arguing like the other perspective um I I feel like there's so much that you can do without spending like tens of thousands of dollars um to go and get uh, I guess a degree um and you know, I, I know I'm not going to do that because there's no, like, I guess, safety in that. Like at this point, everyone wants to get a degree because, you know, it's safe. Um, just in case you like you need to get a job, it, it ensures that you get a job, uh, especially let's say in like computer science. Right. Like it's if you have a degree, you're much more likely to get a job if you don't than if you don't have a degree, which I would say is a pro to college. But I, also, I, I would also say like a lot of the stuff you can learn Um it's, it's all available on the internet. Like, um, I would say like uh, a lot of the stuff I've learned, um, sure. I might've learned it individually, or I might've learned it from teachers like you, Mr. Ketterball. Like it, it, it's as simple as that. Right. It's, it's like, I feel like college is redundant in some capacity, but, uh, it also exists. Right. And I would say it's a really, really, really big part of our life and it always will be, I guess. Yeah
1: yeah I agree I think I think since like it was so emphasized for us since we were younger that we have to go to college that like college is our goal as as um we grow up like college is our goal is our goal is to go to college okay (laughs) sorry (laughs) but yeah our goal is to go to college so I think since we had that thought process for so long the whole like concept of college kind of got like died down from what it actually is and it lost that kind of meaning to us if that makes sense
2: yeah i I can see where you're coming from if it's a given then then there's not much decision in the matter yeah Uh, and
1: it's also stressful
2: what i'll say is one i you know you can open the political can of worms to uh point fingers as to why is college so expensive and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of stuff to unpack there. But what I will say is, I do think that, that, you know, I think making it accessible is important. And now the other, the, the thing that I think we often don't think about when we think about college is kind of like I made the analogy of like the teachers like trying to make sense of the material there and, you know, help you navigate through it. I'd say college is there to teach you the lessons that that you have to learn because it's basically, college is the time where you have somewhat of a safety net. You're not quite an adult yet, but you're now fully on your own and you know, to, uh, you know, two of my friends in college, they they went to uh, they went to IKEA to buy furniture for their dorm room, and they didn't think about how they were going to fit their furniture in their car. So they ended up stranded in the IKEA parking lot with a car that was <laughs> all the stuff that they just paid for. Um, that sort of thing, or you know. Um, you know, X, Y, or Z. So, you know, a, a roommate gets sick and you have to take care of them. Um, it's it's training. You it's kind of doing the same thing. And I I don't want to compare apples to oranges, but like if you go through the fire academy, your your basic fire academy, it's probably a lot more stressful than college or or boot camp in the military. But it's like your it's not the content. It's part of it is just the experience. And I think college experience is something that is what turns students into adults. Now, there's a million other ways to do that, because it's not like if you graduate high school and you go get a job, you're just stuck as a teenager forever. But um, I think one of the ways that people do that is sort of by, you know, colleges when you're allowed to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. Uh, and I think that's one part that we often forget in the, you know, getting that tunnel vision on the, oh, computer science, math, this, that, whatever, that it's also just a growing process. Yeah,
1: for yeah, sure. For I, sure agree. I agree. Like, um, college is a really big part and I'm really excited for it to have that independence and also learn a lot of things about myself and also, you know, go through that path of becoming an adult, like an actual adult that has to live alone and take care of themselves and um, also, this is a question I always wanted to ask, but I know now that you're a teacher, you're working with your previous teachers that taught you um, when you were in SMACS. So how is that experience? Like, it, was it super weird at first?
2: It, 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 it was a little weird at first. Uh, <laughs> it, it, there was that moment where because for, for a while, it was just like coming back to the building to visit them. And then when we actually had to work together, like, oh, we're gonna talk about a student or we're gonna talk about a lesson plan or we're gonna talk about curriculum. Or if I have to tell someone that I want something done a little differently or someone has to tell me they want something done a little differently. Now, you know, now it, now it gets a little interesting. And, um, you know, I, I think everyone's played it off pretty well. Um, it, it, it probably helps that I had a relatively good reputation When I was a student, except for perhaps being a big, big grade grubber, other than that, I think you know it it probably helps that people have at least somewhat positive images of me. Um, But yeah, there. And 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 if my if my ego is ever getting too big, Mr. Lee will come in and tell a story about when Mr. K did this, that, or the other just to keep me in my place. And I think there's a certain amount of humor that goes with the whole thing. Um, so it was a little awkward at first and you get used to it. I mean, it was, it was very more, it was a little bit, um, the weirdest thing was of all things, um, the, it's the little things that get to you. But like when I was a student, the door from the media center to the senior bench was an emergency exit only. It wasn't open. Oh wow! Um, so if you wanted to go from the senior bench to the media center, now you could sneak through that door, but you weren't supposed to. But you had to go all the way around, kind of towards where Mister Flower's old room was, and come in that way. Um, so for the first several weeks, I'm like, I'm breaking the rules, and and and. know i would take these very roundabout ways to go places and suddenly i realized like no that that's just a that's a that's a training scar from another era and i think and and i'm very curious to see what's going to happen um i almost want to take photos of the school the way it is because memories are triggered when you see things like the first several weeks of teaching i walk into a room and be like oh yeah we did this over there i'm embarrassed about that uh, or we did this or this was the room where that happened and um it was just interesting seeing it from that perspective and then like whoa I'm back and then also using the staff bathrooms which was never something I did when I was a student it just felt really weird um I think after a few weeks I got used to it
1: um yeah okay. I guess that is kind of really funny, though, because I know that even like Mr. Stanton, when I a- asked him to have a past year class, he was like, yeah, I used to teach him. And I didn't know what to say. I was like, yeah, that's super cool, I guess. <laughs> so I always thought that was so awkward for you. But I mean, it's good to know that it's not. I it probably was at first, but now it's like kind of natural because, you know, you're used to it. You've been teaching for like three years now at our school, at least. Yeah. And um, I guess we want to wrap up with um, two more questions because our podcast is about mental health. So I guess we wanted to talk about how, um, what do you see, what do you notice about mental health now amongst your students?
2: Um, when I asked the question in one of our advisories, how are you feeling? I was taken aback. At how much I was hearing my own burnout reflected, and everyone honestly putting that out. Um, Mental health wise, I think we've done a, you know, obviously we have a ways to go, but we have, um, I think we've done a better job of being like proactive um, and also normalizing that, you know, just as you can have changes in physical health, Mm -hmm. you can also have changes in mental health. Um, and I'll say that one of the experiences I got in college was seeing how normal mental health challenges are. Like, it's not just you, it's a lot of people around you. And so I'm glad to see that some of the stigma is starting to come down. I think we have, we can, you know, we can keep working towards that. Um, I'm not saying we're done by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm glad to see the, the direction we're going with that.
1: Yeah, and wow. I think one thing you said was that now you notice that there's way more collaboration between students. And I think that that's a big part of um, helping all students with their mental health, because especially in ninth grade, I feel like since when we were freshmen, we were really scared of asking questions. And we always wanted to seem like the smartest in the room, if that makes sense, and keep this quote unquote Good reputation or smart reputation, and now I feel like we all came to the point where it's like, oh, you know, if we don't know a concept, we can just ask our peer, the peers around us, because they also are learning and they probably have a different way of explaining it than just the teacher. And now we actually sit in groups and we can discuss the problem and discuss the solution and how to get to that solution and um, actually understand the concepts, which I'm, which I really really enjoy and I'm really glad that we made that change now, especially in physics, like physics is a really hard class, at least for me and a lot of people. So in our physics class, we're always in like a group discussing all the problems and going over the practice test for the test tomorrow or reviewing the concepts together, which I really enjoy. Like, I'm really happy that we're able to do that now.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess like the last question I wanted to ask you, one of the coolest things that, um, I always thought you did was the entire public safety thing um like you dedicate your weekends towards you know this public safety you know being an emt and all that and i guess uh my question to you is that is like was that always like a way for you to kind of like um you know maybe like uh do you use it as a way to deal with stress do you use it as a way because like you're very passionate about it I guess how how do you kind of manage your schedule in terms of teaching as well as, you know, your EMT, um, stuff and all that.
2: Oh, managing the schedule. Well, this year it's been hard this year. Um, this year might be a classic case of biting up just one more bite than I can chew. But in general, um, I don't, you know, there has to be a hard line. Like my, my, my primary job is to be there for you. So, you know, no matter if, you know, short of a major catastrophe, that means I know there's not going to be school tomorrow. I'm not doing anything on a weeknight. Um, weekends, sure. Um, and what that means is, uh, it, it's become a social thing. It's like, at least for those of us who do it, it's, it's, uh, it takes the place of like hanging out on the weekends. So yes, you're running calls, but it's a very different vibe than like having like a part-time job on an ambulance or something like that. You're in a, you're in a volunteer firehouse. You, you, there may be people who get along with it, maybe people you don't, but in your little kind of group of people, you know, the ins and outs of what everyone's doing. And I got into it because I liked helping people. I stuck with it because of that 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 environment, and and, and I think that drew me to it even more. Um, And then, you know, let's be there's not there's there's something there's something very uh, special about all right. It's three thirty a.m. in the middle of a blizzard. And I'm gonna go lights and sirens in the middle of 270 to take a car that's been turned upside down and get someone out of it. Now, you do those once in a while. More often than not, you're going to the Metro train or to someone's house because they're not feeling well. But all said and done, it's, it's pretty cool, the amount of trust that the public puts in you to do what you need to do in that situation. And I think that, and then the other thing would be, it grounds you. It's a very, yes, you have to use your brain, but it, it's not a very, um, it's a lot more visceral and a lot less abstract. So you're not like, oh, well, I guess we could go to the hospital. I guess we couldn't, you know, what's the square root of pi? What's another way to solve the problem? So I think if you're used to kind of being in that, uh, you know, 30,000 foot view, having something once a week that brings you back to earth and makes you like physically touch real people and you know, physically lift real things and do all of that. It, it, it balances you and makes you ready for your work on Monday morning.
1: Yeah, and I think that's honestly really, really inspiring for students to hear too, that you get to do what you love, like you get to teach and you also get to do your job on the weekends, which I think is really, really cool. And um, I think that you're an amazing teacher and you obviously inspire your students all the time and encourage them to work harder and um, to know the concepts and not just know it for the tests, which is really, really cool. So thank you so much, Mr. K, for not only for being a guest on the podcast, but also for being our teacher.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, So yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up today's episode. Um, So once again, Mr. K, thank you so much for, um, you know, speaking on this episode, you know, your, your insight is extremely valuable and we hope that all of our listeners can also kind of take that take something away from this episode um so yeah uh do you want
1: to okay yeah so um you can follow all of our socials so that you can see some behind the scenes of episodes on our tiktok and also um know when episodes come out and episodes announcements and also other cool things that are going on so our, our insta and tiktok is at all underscore over dot the place so make sure to follow both to um stay in tune with what's going on with the podcast and yeah so thank you guys so much for tuning in this week and new episodes every wednesday so yeah thank you so much thank you mr k bye thank you
2: thank you for having me bye bye let's go uh,